Welcome to Merrickville. He's back. It's Monday and Lawrence Moon is back in the studios. Good to have you back here, Loz. It's nice to be back here, Mez. I am keeping the fluids up to you and I'm feeding you chicken soup. You're in your little silver Ooh. blanket and you're shivering. Oh. You've had a bad case of the man flu. Oh, shocking. Started on Thursday. I had Thursday off. I came back to work on Friday and then spent the entire weekend on the couch, which would normally be a great thing, except for yeah. the fact that I was sick. Just shivering like someone with malaria. So it is. It's like it's like tuberculosis or something. It just proves yes. that even the hardest of hard men can get a bit sick and, mm. and their missus to make them some chicken soup and a sandwich. What is Lamb sick? <laughs> the hard man from Adelaide. Laws, our I know she's your favourite, she's also my favourite diva, mm. uh Paulini. Yeah, um, I will always I will always love you. Uh, the the signature tune from the bodyguard. Just out of, I, who, who are your other two favourite divas? Just out of curiosity. I mean, while we're talking about Ricky your favourites, okay, and, and um, the other one, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. Uh, but not not that one, not that one. <laughs> she's not my favourite. Okay, sure. not the other yeah. one. No. I like Ricky. She's fantastic. Yeah. Pauline. My favourite divas are Christopher Pine and. <laughs> Daryl Braithwaite. I don't know. I uh, didn't think that joke through. Doesn't so, matter. Doesn't matter. That's not what this show's for. This Paulini, show's a workshop. It's not a Paulini uh, needs her bodyguard because yep. she's been embroiled in the controversy. She's in a bit of trouble because Paulini has uh, pleaded guilty to bribing an RMS employee $850 for a fake license, which allowed her to drive illegally in New South Wales for a year. Now, uh, the thing is that she's racked up 11 driving offences despite only ever having mm. held a learner's driver's license. Way to go. Hey, Paulini, that's yeah. good. I mean, I've racked, I haven't even racked up that many with a proper, actual, full, real license that you're allowed to drive with. Uh, let's stop saying racked up and uh, get on, <laughs> get on with the story. Hang on a second. What about this, though, Loss? Um, you, you're, so... you're down at the RMS, right? And the woman comes in and you just go, God, she looks like my second favourite diva, right? Yeah. And it comes and in. I love that. I love that gold dress. Looks a bit tight, but I'm not dicko. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. A... I'm not going to humiliate you by saying you're too fat to wear that dress. Yeah. But, Paulini, you want a license from me, but you've written down a different name here, and I can clearly mm. see that you're Paulini. You're everybody's second favourite diva, possibly third. <laughs> so I reckon if you're going to go into the RMS and bribe someone for a license, be mm. careful not to rack up 11 road mm. fines along the way. Or, here's another thing too, if you do intend to try and bribe somebody from the RMS, plan not to have been on Australian Idol. Because <laughs> I think you've got to make life choices there. You've either got to decide, I'm going to bribe people later on in life, or I'm going to be on Australian Idol. I don't think you can have your cake and eat it too. I would have loved it if the cop went up to the car, recognised her and said, listen, Paulini, um, sure, there's some pretty bad driving there, but I think you cornered that last corner really well. You're going to court. You're going, <laughs> going to, to court. court. <laughs> Oh Extremists come out. Yeah. See, Boom. police should, they should have to, down. cops should have confetti guns. It's like, pow, pow, you're going to court. Oh, yeah. You're going to court. Woo. Oh my and God, then, I didn't believe it. I can't believe it. And then in a Divi van, they should have her entire family run out. And it's like, Paulini, yeah. you're going yeah. to court. You've been busted driving without a license. How cool 
this and then is we amazing. see a montage of all the accidents she's had yeah. over the course of her driving history. And the tears, we know that they're real. We know that they're yeah. real because she's facing fraud charges and, and that's she's a been federal offence. sprayed. Yeah, and she's been pe- pepper <laughs> sprayed her for the real offence. Get her on the oh, ground, knee in the and back, arrest her, cuff her, get the plastic cuffs on, <laughs> hog tie her, take her away. The whole family's there, they're hugging her, and she's hog tied. Cattle prod. <laughs> Your mentor for the next round will be Cocaine Cassie. <laughs> Good times. Uh, Bribery's funny. Loz, you worked at customs. Were you ever bribed? Did people try to bribe you? Well, some people uh, came from cultures where bribery is uh, just everyday occurrence. I love those. For example, love those cultures. I love those cultures. Uh, that's why I've got a, a house with an ocean view. Um, <laughs> I didn't say no thanks. It's, yes, you can. Keep your block of cheese and your salami. <laughs> thanks for the cash. Um it was uh, the old Yugoslavian Airlines, a JU flight would come in and often there were contraventions of your quarantine regulations. Like I said, cheese, salamis, cuttings from vines that they wanted to, you know, graft here in Australia, lot of grupper or their equivalent of. And uh, you'd find it and say, well, you should have declared this and then straight out with the cash, boom, there it is. And you go, I'm sorry, I can't take that. Well, can you make it a bit more simple? <laughs> Slobberdan, just a little bit, a bit more subtle. Slobberdan. <laughs> Slobsy, just Come on. slip it under, just leave it under the suitcase. Jesus. When you pick up the suitcase, oh, there it is. Oh, lost property. God. Um, come on, Milo, but, uh, you know how this goes. Come Let's on, do this come on Milosh. <laughs> if you want your your vine cuttings, you're going to have to make good with the with the Thomas Cook Travellers checks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember travellers' checks? Yeah. Good times. Oh, delicious. Good times. Good times. <laughs> the 80s, everyone. Never mind. Yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was offered bribes. I've never really offered a bribe, but I don't understand why, you know, in other work areas, you can tip someone for doing a great job. Yeah. But if a policeman pulls you over, you can't tip him no, that's exactly for right. pulling you over. Because I'm big into bribes, and I offer them all the time. But tips. I like to them, I like to, exactly. I like to call them presumptuous tips, right? Mm. I presume that they're going to conduct themselves accordingly. So why wouldn't I just tip them in advance, right? Yeah. Point in case, done this a few times, gone, and I know this, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this on the radio, so we should probably say that it was at least seven years ago, yeah. so I can't be held accountable for it. And anyway, um, it was somebody else. Yeah, and this other guy called Warwick. Who <laughs> <laughs> This one time went to Indonesia uh, with his family and went to was going through Indonesia customs and just went, oh, God. Two planes have arrived at the same time. This looks like a headache. It's hot. There's fans on. There's no air conditioning here at Denpasar Airport. Looked around for a guy with a badge around his neck, walked up and said, see this? This is a $50 note. I reckon we don't go through customs and he reckons no way either. And just took us, took them straight through customs. <laughs> oh, no bag them. checks. No bag checks. Just bang. Stamp the passports straight through to the other Boogie side. Boogie board bag. Bang. The whole lot. was listening to that story. She'd exactly. be so frustrated. Well, here's, what, here's the thing, right? Literally, this is how dumb she is. Or may have what? been, possibly. Ooh. I don't know. Well, she, if you compare it to your fictional mate. Yeah. Hey, dumb. 50 bucks. kilos of weed in a boogie board bag. Come on, mate. 50 bucks. Just give him 50 bucks. 50 bucks yeah. straight through. $50. Straight through. Done. Somebody Done. forgot to pay that little fine, didn't they? Yeah. Mm. And I had that presumptuous seven... tip. Oh, my friend had seven koalas in there. Seven <laughs> baby little koalas. It's like when you go, you know. Sucking the... on a, a strawberry move, just in a bag. Just <laughs> <laughs> staying alive on a strawberry move, straight yeah. through. Kareem Makasi. Kareem Makasi. Do not encourage the smuggling of our native flora and fauna. Right. Uh,
But uh, one triple three five three. Well, let's open up. I know we're, we're going to do this. Let's talk about bribes because I believe that they still work. I know people are still doing them. Maddie, my producer, has got a story. We'll get in a second about how you can get upgrades on oh. on accommodation by bribing the right people at the desk. We'll mm. get that in a minute. But if you've got a story on recent bribery that you've conducted or ways you can still get away around things, you don't. We can, you know. Or if you've you. been bribed. Yeah, if enough yeah, yeah. times passed. If it works, one triple three five three. Give us a call about your stories of bribes, paying bribes, receiving bribes. Give us some tips. I mean, give us some examples of bad behaviour. Singaporeini, everybody's third or possibly fourth favourite uh, <laughs> member of the uh, Amazing Divas, um, and one time contestant on Australian Idol, didn't win, uh, has been charged uh, for trying to bribe or successfully bribing an RMS employee $850 for a fake license. Mm. And we're talking about bribes. Loz, you worked in customs. I mean, not that you took them, but you would have seen people possibly trying to take bribes. And also, uh, when I finished in customs, I went on a, a bit of a world trip uh, and I went to Jamaica and some friends of I, uh, uh, some friends and myself were at a bus depot in Kingston, Jamaica. And there was rusters all over the place smoking massive fatties. Just just listening to a lot of Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and the Whalers. And uh, a cop waved us into a little police station at the bus stop, searched us. Of course, we had uh, some marijuana on us, some some weed. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I like it to clarify marijuana by saying weed. Oh, okay. Yeah, with you. Yep, good. Because uh, you you would roll it into a cigarette and set fire to it back okay. in the day. Mm. Right, okay. yeah, not anymore. Mm. Um, and uh, so he goes, you know, and I don't want to. This was how he said. It. He goes, "You're going to jail, man, for a long time." And oh. we went, "Are you for real?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, like, there's drug laws in this country, and you've broken them." And I said, "Is there an on-the-spot fine we can pay now?" And he said, "Yes." <laughs> how much money have you got? And I, <laughs> I said, is 100 Jamaican dollars enough? And he goes, yes, 100 Jamaican dollars each, which is about 20 US we paid. And we left and he goes, do you want your weird? And it's like, no. And they were just <laughs> laughing at us. Oh, so that was our on-the-spot fine. I do like that idea, though. I here. started singing Buffalo Soldier before I left well, the That's probably why they arrested you. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea of, like, you just say, is there an on-the-spot fine for criminal offences? Like, mm. you should do that here. You pulled up, is there an on-the-spot fine for what I'm doing now? Uh, let's get to, we'll get to some calls in just a second. Uh, but just very quickly, Maddie, my producer, Maddie, you've, you've recently bribed your way to get an upgrade. Yeah, in it's Vegas at um, Planet Hollywood, the hotel. Oh. Um, when you check in and you hand over your passport so they can put your details in, we put an extra 20 or 50, I think we put about, here's 50, put it in, mm. and then you, when they check in, they go, oh, there's a little bit of a surprise in the passport here. And it's cash, they keep it for themselves, and then we were staying in like a $200 a night room, but they upgraded us to like a penthouse. It's about two grand a night, the room. Oh, what? Just by slipping a 50 and they put it in their pocket. That's a great idea. At Planet Hollywood, do you, if you slip a 50, right, can you go from meeting Jean-Claude Van Damme to meeting Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Is that how it works? That, that is good. That'd be great. Because they're all there, aren't they, at Planet Hollywood? They're, they're, is that where they live? They live there constantly. You go there, <laughs> they're trees. always there. All right, let's get to let's get to a call. Talking about bribes, we've got uh, Dana in Cherrybrook. Hi, Dana. There you go, mate. Very good. Thank there you, you go, for, boys. Very good, mate. Uh, thank they're you good, for good. your um, call. Obviously, I'm padding a little bit here because I did think that Dana was going to be a girl. 
<laughs> Nothing new there. No, I'm sorry. It's mate. always good to. It's all right. I I like the uh, the surprise. Yeah, but of, you can. Uh, but you can hear people that I am a male. No, no, it's great that you're a male, Dana. But you know that obviously yeah. I read Dana on my screen and just went, oh, I'll talk to Dana like it's a girl, and then I've just gone, Dana's a man. Yeah, you, it is. My, you speak to I've everyone equally. Just, Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. Just as anyway, long as you know your treatment the same as man. Uh, that's mate, fine. It's fine. Let's let's now just let's that just forget it. Really <laughs> so unnecessarily <laughs> awkward. So unnecessarily awkward. Dana, that's what I do. Tell yeah. us. Dana, tell Dana, us Dana, what, just a minute, Dana. What are you wearing? <laughs> what am I wearing? <laughs> For you, Mooney, I'd do. I'd wear anything. <laughs> oh. Did you just get out of the shower, Dana? <laughs> I'm just treating you the same as if you're a woman. <laughs> Quality. Dana, have you got a friend? <laughs> Dana, what are you I've doing after this call? I've done a lot of things. Uh... Have you got a friend? Let's hook up. We'll go down the coast. Tell your parents you're working. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're going to have to bribe oh, Dana to not yeah. press charges after this phone call. Right. Oh, I'm God. only as old as you ever want me to be. Oh, oh, no. 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 no, no, Dana, no, come Dana. on. Whoa. Dana, you're supposed uh, to weird, leave all the weird sick no. shit up to us. You're, yeah. you're meant to be the normal yeah. one, mate. Sorry, you've, you've Don't make this fantasy person. more real than it needs to be. <laughs> Look, you're not going to get through any other calls, I can tell you that. Oh, I know. Um, I know. I'm already getting the wind up, but we haven't even done one call yet. Yeah. Jesus. Dana, but tell, what, tell but, us your bribery story before Lawrence takes his pants off again. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful place, a beautiful place called Bali. Yep. yep, um, yep. No, no Australians go there, I think. Mm-hmm. From what Never I heard of it. And, no, and uh, anyway, there was four of us. We hired a one of those Suzuki four drives to the soft tops and... Uh, as you know, I mean, you stand out. You, you're not the usual uh, barley sort of uh, crowd. And we had a policeman pull us and he goes, hey, come over here, you know, like we drove over and uh, he wanted to see the papers. And we're like, oh, okay. And uh, I said, oh, you're going to be charged. You haven't got the right papers. And so I went, okay. And I said, how about, uh, how about uh, some selling? Yes. Well, she sold sexual favours to a Balinese police officer, Dana? <laughs> yeah, but the cop so, thought he was a woman when he saw the name $10. on the passport. So. Yeah, for, for $10, mate, it's amazing what you can get. So uh, <laughs> I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but what about the bride? <laughs> the bride, yeah. That was $10 and he just let us go. He just went, that's it, no worries. Oh. But, yeah, he was all on the harsh and low. Come here, come here, come here. And, uh, yeah, got out of it. No dramas whatsoever. Yeah. That's so, very uh, surprising it, for the Balinese police force to do that. I, I'm shocked. It is. I was quite shocked. I, I, I thought these guys, are, you know, there's a lot of integrity in the police force yeah. over there. And uh, yeah. and they follow everything, uh, you know, by the, by the, by the book. code of what police are about. By mm. the book. Unfortunately, the book is also a menu for nasi goreng. So <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> Dana, because we've been such dickheads, we can literally only take your call. Thank you to everybody who rang in. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. Adam McDougall is the health hacker. Health hacking is simply hacking into the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world and applying these little tricks and routines into your own life. I'm a health hacker because I've been a professional athlete for 20 years, but I've also combined my experience as an athlete with my university studies, from economics to nutrition and sports science, with the practical application that I achieved as an athlete to help people hack into their health. 
In each episode, I'm going to share with you the tools, tricks, and routines of the healthiest, happiest, and most successful people in the world. You can hack into your own health and live a happier and healthier life. The Health Hacker with Adam McDougall. Listen now at podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. Lawrence Mooney with me today. He's with me. I'm Absolutely, me, I am. Lawrence and is. you know that um, one of the big fans of this show is Malcolm Turnbull. He gives us access to his voicemail, whether he be at Kirribilli House, The Lodge, or in Point Piper. And recently, of course, the big news is Kim Jong-un. I mean, it could be the end of the world as we know it. Q Liam. Q Liam. Um, yeah, no, I couldn't, I couldn't get couldn't that Because okay. yeah. you know what would have been great there is if Liam had got uh, the end of the world as we know by R.E.M. That would have been yeah. amazing. I would have been great. Probably would have won an ACRA award. Did that. give him a note at the meeting. Never mind. Um, <laughs> and by the meeting, you meant five seconds before the previous uh, well, song. Well, I was sure. I was at that meeting, <laughs> and a, I yeah, remember yeah, very yeah. clearly Lawrence <laughs> stating that. So I'm just going to write we had that a meeting down. Just before that song ended. Uh, um, so what's, what's, uh, tomorrow's <laughs> Tuesday. Is that performance review day? I think it is. Mm. All right. And also office bastardisation day <laughs> with, Liam, with a rubber hose. But in the yeah, that's performance review day. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, let's hear Malcolm's voicemail. Hello, it's the Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull speaking. North Korea appears hell-bent on Armageddon, led by a chubby psychopath in Kim Jong-un. I've condemned Pyongyang in the harshest possible terms, but folks, this could be it. The beginning of the end, which is a bastard because it's almost impossible to spend $200 million in a week. Plus, what's the point of having investment properties if the world's about to end? The only thing I like about this whole situation is saying Pyongyang. I wish Pyongyang would get their act together, Pyongyang. <laughs> Tell me what you will do if the end is nigh and leave a message. Pyongyang. Turnbull! It's Lazarus! Turnbull! Try eating marble and gold in the nuclear winter, you privileged, gloating, courage bypass of a human! Chair down on your share portfolio and chase that down with power, position, and your coterie of influential friends! Wear your yacht as a hat and stick parliament house straight up your ring, your joy, a numb nutted silver spoon sucking gonad! See you, Turnbull! It's over! I'm scared, Turnbull! I'm scared! Lazarus, help me! Hi, Mr. Turnbulls. It's Jackie Lambie speaking, Mr. Turnbulls. We've been planning for Doomsday down in Sassy for a long time, Mr. Turnbulls. Dad's filled his caravan with baked beans and we've booby-trapped the annex. I've been stockpiling ammo since my days in the army. We've also had a secret thylacine breeding program in the hills around Cradle Mountain. We're ready to let the tigers go, Mr. Turnbulls. Tazzy will fight off all comers in the post-apocalyptic zombie massacre that is coming on very soon. I'm ready, Mr. Turnbulls. I'm ready. Stanky. Hello, uh, Malcolm. It's Rudy Vanderstone speaking, the stereotypical Dutchman from Medicville. Martha and I have created a love bunker in the back garden where we will celebrate universal love, aligning our chakras with the world's own kundalini pathways. We will then try and time our final climax to coincide with the atomic blast so that we can ride the thermonuclear fire into oblivion on a wave of love, penetrating the darkness of eternity with seeds of joy and love for all to share in the, in the oblivion. Uh. It's Rudy. <laughs> Not for me, Malcolm, I'll tell you. But who doesn't love a massive explosion? Boom! 
Ooh, off it goes. A massive, destructive mushroom just pumping up from the earth. Aftershocks and fallouts and oh, my God. I'm frightened, Malcolm. Hold me. Go, Crows. It's Pino. Great to have you back in the chair, Laws. It's very nice to be here, Mez. I'm a uh, happy-go-lucky kind of a guy that has a, a chat with neighbours as they pass by on a Saturday afternoon when I'm weeding the garden, as I did last Saturday. You got a uh, you got a good relationship with your neighbours. Yeah, I like to you know be the the person in the street that says hello uh, to people that might be you know, spending time alone. So I always speak to Cameron, my old neighbour, and uh, he's recently been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Oh. And uh, he came by. He was shuffling a bit, and I said, "You know, how are you, Cameron?" He goes, oh, "I'm no good." And I said, um, you know, how is it being an old bloke with Parkinson's? He said, I don't like it. Don't like it at all. Now, he's obviously been a very active man earlier on in his life. I've heard him. Uh, he's had got stories of rowing for Geelong Grammar as a younger man. And he played a bit of football. And uh, he also loved the ladies. Uh, and I've, I've, had, I've been over to Cam's place and had a drink with him. And so I said, well, listen, Cam, why don't you come over to dinner tomorrow night? The girls will come home from the footy and we'll have dinner and immediately, you know, put a spring in his step. He goes, oh, that's great. Really? I said, yeah, no worries. So Sunday night, Cam comes over with a bottle of wine from Argentina on his latest trip. He loves going over there to do the tango with some friends he met. He worked for the Tasmanian Tourist Bureau and helped to set up the Antarctic exhibition in Tasmania. Wow. Long story long. Anyway, yeah. so uh, Lou comes home from the football with a, a friend of hers, Lida, who's beautiful. She's Italian, works in the, the fashion industry, and uh, for the sake of the story, is quite well endowed. Anyway, Camby's saying, this is a lovely evening. Beautiful women, great company, he's swaling back the wine. We have spaghetti bolognese. He's enjoying himself. We pop outside the four adults for a bit of a dart. And he says, I'll tell you what, Lida. I used to uh, do a lot of sales conferences, and I've got a bit of a trick for you. And she goes, oh, what, Cam? And he goes, I can make your breasts move without touching them. Here we go. Here we go. And I'm going, oh, no. And she said, really? You're just going, oh, my God, Cam's got a criminal record that I'm about to become aware of. Anyway, butts he's smoking. He goes, now, seriously, it's all power of the mind stuff. So just relax. I'm going to make your breasts move without touching them. And he reached forward, just grabbed both of them. He goes, I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Such an old 70s sales conference trick. And it's like, and I lost the use of my legs. I just dropped to my knees and just went, oh, my God, Cam, you can't do that anymore. You can't do You, you just can't, can't do, do it. You couldn't do that no. in the 70s, Cam. No, you can't. That's you grabbing can, a woman on the boobs, mate. But you can't even just in conversation just go, I can make a woman's breast move without uh, touching no. them. It's like, no, no you one can because we know what's coming. Cam. Be, and he turns around and he goes, gets them every time. I said, no, it doesn't get anyone, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get you put in jail. But a leader. Being, you know, the classy, sophisticated woman she is, she has a oh, good one, Cam. Uh, and so she just let it ride. But, oh, Holy my cow. God. It was oh so good God. to see some inappropriate behaviour where the person who uh, executes it just thinks that it's 
still 1975. Well, because he's, he's not, <laughs> so he's in his mid-70s, he's got Parkinson's. He, he's, he's, things are he's not looking 78, great. So 78. 78, an and he's got Parkinson's. Hmm. So I was, I'm surprised he could get his hands over the table, to be honest. <laughs> i tell you what, they were shaking like a wet dog. You would have seen them coming. He's going, yeah. hang on a second, is he conjuring <laughs> a spell? No, it's the Parkinson's. <laughs> he's just oh. getting a bit shaky there. Hang on a second, I thought you were going to, are you going to tr- make a boobs move, or are you doing a Michael J. Fox impersonation? Can yeah. you get it together, Cam? And then, what? Oh, you feel, Liam feels bad because I'm hanging shit on Cam. Cam, grab the woman on the boobs, mate. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. That's but, but Liam thinks it's okay, too, because he's from Adelaide, <laughs> and that kind of thing still goes on. It's called a Because it is 1975. <laughs> it's called year 10. So when's Cam okay. coming around for dinner next? Yeah, yeah next Sunday. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, if you're free. Well, it's great to see you again, mate. I'll catch up with you again later on this week. All right. See you right. then. Liam, we're going to kick off the, the the top of the hour with something a little bit different. Yeah, it was Father's Day yesterday, obviously. Happy so Father's happy Day Happy Father's you. Day to you as well, Merrick. Thank you very much. Awful Father's Day for me. Yeah, you were crook. I was sick. I was on my back all day. I had a whole weekend of being crook, and I just love complaining that, about it. That would have been disappointing for your kids as well, because they would have been pretty pumped to play with you. I was, actually. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking. We are going to go and do stuff, you know, do remote control car. As hard as this sounds, as hard as this might sound uh, to believe for some of the listeners, your kids actually really love you, despite all the stories you share on oh, air about thanks, them. Liam. Well, I mean, Why in, don't in you sh- just say this might be hard for you to believe, <laughs> listeners, but Mary's not a shitter dad as you would think he is. Hold on, you invented a segment on this show a couple of years back called Bad Dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so based uh, on based on actual events. So um, yeah, okay, objection cool. dismissed. Uh, but. There was a, it was Father's Day yesterday. A lot of our listeners would have been spending the day with their kids. Now, the beauty of kids, and my daughter hasn't quite hit this phase yet because she's just, she can say dada and mama, but the beauty of kids when they're learning to talk is the difficulty they have with what they're trying to say. Yes. And I was uh, wandering around the internet yesterday and I found a story from um, Reddit around the Sydney page about a, um, a patient who was waiting in the waiting room of Monavale Hospital. And they were sitting in there and they were waiting for whatever they had going on. Uh, and a little girl came bouncing in to the uh, waiting area with her mum. Mm. Young little girl, blonde curls, walked up to the vending machine. Now, she pointed at the vending machine and she said, Mum, I want... Now, I can't say what she said next because this young girl got the word wrong. What I can tell you what she wanted and what the mum then corrected her by saying... Said no, no, darling. Black current. Wow! So this poor young girl, completely innocently, has got this product that she wanted out of the vending machine very, very wrong. The mistake she she didn't make was she she didn't want to say I want apple and black current. (laughs) She said she said I want no. That was she went to say she went to say black current. No, and it didn't come out right. And it wasn't that she mispronounced Ribena either. Okay. One triple three five three. What have your kids meant to say or tried to say? Okay, mm. this is incredible. Yesterday, the only thing that we did for Father's Day, I pulled myself out of bed to take the kids out to uh, Yumcha. Mm. Pulled myself out of bed. Sure. To thank you, Liam. Yep. To take my children, my beautiful children. We're talking about my children now, Liam. <laughs> to to Yumcha because it was as much a treat for them as it is for me. Anyway, it's so, a treat for everybody. Yeah, we get the Yumcha. I'm sweating bullets, feeling like dog shit. And uh, anyway. My, my little girl, Kinga, says uh, in front of the, the restaurant, she's talking about moving on. Kinga's, she wants to watch Kinga's five? Five. Right. And she said, um, 
Uh, when we get back to the house, this is in front of like everyone's young mm. shows, yeah, the people around. Yeah, on a Sunday, King, it's fr- flat out. Kinga says, "When we get home, Dad, can we please watch the movie with the gold penis?" <laughs> and I've gone, "What?" And I'm thinking, <laughs> "Did I imagine this? Because I'm so sick, I could be imagining this right now and not realise that this <sighs> my brain's not working properly." And I said, "Hang on, darling, what?" And she said, the one with the giant gold penis. The one with what? the gold penis. Can we watch gold penis? You've said it way too many times now. And Georgie's looking at me and I'm going, I don't know. It's not like I've shown. What the? I had definitely on? didn't tell her my laptop password. No. I have no idea. Has she seen any of this? She meant Austin Powers gold oh, member. gold member. Because she asked Georgie last week. We watched gold member last week. And she asked my wife what mm. member was. Oh. Georgie explained it. So now she's going around saying, my mummy and daddy, like, we sit around as a family and watch gold penis. No, we don't. It's not what we do at all. And she's standing in, in the, the middle, middle of the yum chat restaurant. And every, like, there's literally people at the table right next to us have just turned around. I've gone, this is not how. Let's, everyone goes home. <laughs> everyone in the car. Everyone. Everyone. Father's Day's so, in the car. Some of the waiters actually thought she was just ordering. Oh, she was man. just. Ordering some food. Well, I had to leave before docs arrived. <laughs> One triple three five three. What is your kid attempted to say, tried to say, or when mm. they've got it wrong and you've had to live with the repercussions? One triple three five three. Give us a call. When your kid has tried to say something, and like Google, sometimes we play this with Google. We mm. say, "What did you mean to Google?" And then we go, "Oh, well, we kind of get an idea yeah. of what they might have said." You said there was a kid in the hospital. Um, Monaval Hospital, Monobar. yeah. Mm. The, someone was someone posted this on Reddit. They were waiting in the hospital waiting area, and a little girl came in, pointed at the vending machine, told her mum what she wanted. Unfortunately, she obviously wasn't quite old enough to have the grasp of the word black current down pat, mm. and asked for something else mm. very Which, loudly in a hospital. Which also, too, just as a side note, it's incredibly racist to that child as well. <laughs> I won't tolerate that on the show. I will not tolerate that on the show. If stop she's it. listening, stop. Yeah, just stop. Yeah. And you need some rehabilitation. Is that, <laughs> is that what that child needs? Uh, i got Damien in Cogger. Hello, Damo. Good day, mate. Mine's similar to yours. Yep. Having a shower with my little girl, and she, she looks at and she goes, Dad, what's that? And I said, pointing at the old fella. And I said, oh, that's a penis, darling. And I went, okay, peanut. She called it. Anyway, that's the start of it. Oh, no. A few weeks later, we're sitting around a table with friends at barbecue, and someone said penis in a conversation or something. She overheard it, and she said, Dad, you've got a peanut too. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Damo. I feel sorry for you. But here's the thing. My daughter actually pointed at my, my old fella. When I was in the shower, and uh, I, she asked me what it was, and I said, "Well, you know, you got to be, you got to be correct about this. So it, it's a penis." And she said, "No, it's a peanut." And I said, "No, darling, it's a penis." She said, "No, it's a peanut. It's a peanut." Mum told me. Mum told me ages ago. We've all had this conversation behind your back, Dad, that it's just a peanut. And I went, "Oh, this is hurtful." And she said, "Sometimes Mum calls it a cashew nut." And I said, "Okay, this time out of this family meeting. Get out this of the shower, funny. everybody. My entire family, get out of the shower." <laughs> Everyone, Mum, you two, everyone get out. Beach, take the family. Get... All right, we've got Brad and Emu Heights. Hello, mate. G'day, how you doing? Very good. All right. What did your kid try to say? It wasn't my kid. It was actually a mate's kid. Yeah. They were, um, they were on a flight. I think they were going to New Me or somewhere or other. And they got these um, little blow-up planes before they got on the plane. Dad bought them. Mm-hmm. And anyway, they're on the, on the plane on the tarmac ready to take off. And the kid was four or five. And he turned to his dad and quite loud. And he said, "Oh, Dad, can you blow up the plane?" Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning that yeah, the little, yeah, yeah. The little, 
yeah. little glass planes, but uh, he sort of <clears throat> looked around at people or looking at him, and he sort of looked up and held the plane up and was like, oh, this is, this is what he meant. This is what we, this oh, what the quick correction would have to come in so fast. You just go, no, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 relax, relax. It's just, <laughs> yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's just a sex doll. It's, I've just got a sex doll. That's all it is. <laughs> Turned around, the kid's been pinned by an air oh, marshal. Oh, so bad. Thank you, Brad. That was great. Did not see that coming. That was brilliant. Uh, got Steve in Penrith. Hello, Steve. G'day. How you going? Very good, mate. All right. What was the kid trying to say? Well, I uh, my little niece rang up all excited. She's three years old, and she goes, my daddy got a new route. And I said, does mummy know? Oh, God, this is awkward. <laughs> Mummy grabbed the phone off her real quick. It's a ute. It's a ute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. me up. Yes. Anyway, but there was plenty of tray space. I'm going to ask you, though, Steve, which, which do you think would have cost the old man more? <laughs> oh, at the end of the day, she ended up with a new route, actually. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Steve, thank you, Steve from Penrith, divulging too much of the family secrets. Got Leanne in Lake Illawarra. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, Leanne. Was it your kids that tried to say something and uh, got it wrong? Yeah, it was my young son. We went to the local medical centre and um, our family doctor is a um, lovely Indian lady, but at the top of his voice, he said, are we going to go see the chocolate lady? Oh. And I said, I'm going to see our doctor. He goes, yeah, the chocolate lady. She looks like a chocolate lady. And he referred her when he sees her as the chocolate lady. Oh. It's probably just because every now and she gets to give a little chocolate on their way out the door. She becomes a chocolate lady. Yeah, no, no. But another, my um, niece, there's another story. My niece um, said something really inappropriate to my um, my brother. He She had a fever one night and he gave her a suppository, a Panadol suppository because she was only um, five yep, and, yep. and it was so high. Yep. The next morning she come great, went to the local grocery store and he, she said, top of her voice, Dad, that thing that you put in my bottom last night really hurt. I don't want you doing that again. Oh, he Jesus! Just grabbed it and ran out. He grabbed it, ran out there, never went back to that store again. No! Yes, yes. So, no! let's just say they never use suppository in that house anymore. Yes! <laughs> Why? Oh, and I was just saying, that's why you give things to kids orally. And they went, don't no. say that either. Here comes the money. Sorry, I think you've forgotten the bit where you give me some money. Because someone has to pay Merrick's salary. Here's a word from our sponsor. From Melbourne's Mean Streets. You could say this was the murder we missed. A story you'll have to hear to believe. He said he was a 200-year-old vampire. Why was Shane Chantra's Abbott gunned down before giving evidence? Two men shot him down. It's a mystery within a mystery within a mystery. Listen now to this untold true crime story from Adam Shand. The Trials of the Vampire at podcast1.com.au or download the app. Well, more than 550 visitors to New South Wales prisons have been denied entry or charged by New South Wales police after being caught uh, attempting to smuggle contraband into New South Wales correctional facilities this year alone. Pretty short trip once you get caught. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, you know what? Where do I go from here? I'll just stand to the left there. We'll uh, process you in a second. Yeah, no, no hassle. Should I go home and get a bag? Nah, you won't need a bag. You're going to stay here. Uh, Serious matter, though. It is, but the Corrective Services uh, New South Wales Elite Security Operations Group has performed uh, more than uh, 67,000 visitor searches, which is just an incredible turnover there. And 150 people have been charged by police. David uh, David Elliott is the New South Wales Corrections Minister, and he joins me on the line now. David, thanks for your time again, mate. My pleasure. Great to have you back. Mate, that's 550 visitors caught attempting to smuggle in contraband. Is that a lot 
Is that, you know, it gives, it seems like a lot, but is that a good thing or a bad thing that you're finding that many people? Well, it's, it's a good thing because it's proved positive that our, uh, our system is working. I mean, uh, there would have been a time when uh, the jails were badly resourced and those, uh, uh, that contraband would have got into the system. And at the moment, I mean, I, I, I wear it as a badge of honour every time we have uh, a major contraband find because it's just proof that the, the, the technology that we're using, the training that we've uh, got the officers undertaking and, of course, uh, uh, the community expectations are being met. Well, look, we've got some photos of the contraband items up on uh, triplem.com.au. Now, there's uh, here there's 148 grams of meth- methamphetamine that's been um, confiscated, uh, 392 grams of marijuana. There's tobacco. There's weapons. Uh, what about mobile phones? I didn't see that. I didn't see that listed there. Are mobile phones still a thing that you guys are, are having to crack down on? They are. They are. But um, I think that what you're finding with the mobile phones is that. Uh, uh, they're being they're being brought in um, by the inmates more often than not. But see, we've got we've got issues with drones going over prisons. I mean, criminals are getting smart, and that's why I've always said we've got to make sure that we're on top of that. We're smarter than them. Um, we we do have um, some special technology that we use for mobile phones. There's a there's a chair, which isn't the sort of chair that people used to um, associate prisons with. But there's a chair which means if you got secreted in your body, in your person, if you sit on this chair, well then it will identify. Uh, some of the um, uh, some of the mobile phone, um, some of the makeup of the mobile phone. Uh, we've also got um, uh, wands that are, are put across people so mm. that they can detect the uh, uh, any um, any motive, any any mobile phone technology that's being uh, that's been secreted as well. So, yep. and and in this go at the moment, we're trialling a jamming uh, technology, which means that if you, even if you do get the mobile phone in there, it's uh, it's actually not being um, able to be used. Mate, you're talking about drones. Uh, you're saying that they're becoming more frequently used. We know that they're being used, uh, you know, to convey drugs across borders overseas. Uh, is that a problem for New South Wales prisons? Yeah, yeah, it's a problem for right across the country. And uh, the ministerial council last year, we raised it uh, with the Commonwealth because um, we, there was uh, there was the perception that it might have been Commonwealth legislation with the aviation. Um, regulations that were stopping us from regulating for it. But at the moment, um, the Victorian government are bringing in legislation to allow the state to make it illegal to have a drone to go over a prison. I'm, I'm, I'm obviously going to be considering that as well. We're looking at um, other technology. I mean, in, in Europe, they're actually training up big, nasty birds of prey to actually attack tr- Unreal. drones. Unreal. David, we've, going, <laughs> we've got to get some money for that, surely. I mean, if we've got money to build cloud arches, surely we can have birds yeah, of prey. Well, Let's get some raptors them. out there. Yeah, but there's also this, like, there's a, there's, it's like a, um, a radar, like a gun radar, which you can point towards a drone and take control of it the rem- in lieu of the no, remote mate, mate, control. Dave, 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 you had me at Birds of Prey. Yeah, you had me yeah, at Birds yeah, of Prey. I love the Birds, I love the birds of Prey. Apparently it's... they're being really, I was, I was actually advised by the commission this afternoon that they're, they're, some of the birds are getting really badly damaged by the rotary on the on the, on the yeah. drone. So I don't yeah. know, I fit, them out with, fit them out with metallic claws that crush them, mate. Well, don't worry, we'll sort that out. Uh, I'm speaking to New South Wales <laughs> Correction Minister David Elliott. Uh, David, can I ask you, that we've got some pictures up on online on our site, and there's a picture of a, a woman uh, sharing a packet of chips. Now, this seems fairly innocuous, just uh, having a bag of chips in a, in a communal area there in the prison. Tell me how the items are smuggled in with this particular trick. Well, this is how, I mean, you, you, this is how it's quite bla- blazant. I mean, we're, what we're finding is that, uh, you know, people, visitors to a prison are taking in a packet of chips and they'll have the drugs inside it. 
and then the inmate sits down next to or across the road from the visitor, across the table from the visitor, and looks like he's taking a chip out, but he's but he's not, or he or she isn't. They're taking drugs out, and and it's, it's just blatant. It's under it's under CCTV, uh, and that's why we've got these figures. I mean, at the moment, it's you know five every weekend are being charged mm. uh, for bringing contraband. Now um, that that can bring with it a two year prison sentence in itself because of its, uh, its criminal nature of the offence. So uh, it's it's quite it's quite sad to see. People just think that they can get away with it, and particularly mm. when you consider the technology that's on offer. Well, David, can I suggest another uh, idea here? Again, working on the birds of prey thing. You know what the uh, natural bird of prey for chips is? That's right, ibis. We've got plenty of them oh, down yeah, Darling we Harbour. Certainly do. You yeah. bring in, you bring in sixty bird of prey ibis inside the prison every time they open up a chick packet. Bang! They're onto them. They've got no chance. No one's going to smuggle the drugs, and the ibis will be eating them. Well, mate, I, I'll, I'll take that under consideration. Yeah, I'll, I would too, because it's a bloody it. brilliant idea. And there's lot, literally two birds, one stone. There's literally thousands of people right now listening, just going, you know what? That's actually pretty funny, Mez. <laughs> David Elliott, New South Wales Corrections Minister, mate. Always a pleasure to speak to you. And thanks very much for giving us the, the latest on, uh, on the, the ways people are bringing drugs into prison. Always a pleasure to be on Triple M. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Cheers. Well, in today's Daily Telegraph, there's a story highlighting some of the many abandoned pubs across Sydney, including the supposedly haunted Victoria Hotel in Darlinghurst. And there's always stories about places in Sydney that are in some ways harbouring a poltergeist or some sort of scary ghost, and they're everywhere. So I thought I would focus on them for today's version of Sydney Uncovered. You live in this city, but do you know what lies beneath? This is an incomplete history of Australia's first colony. This is Sydney Uncovered. Sydney Uncovered, ghosts and shit. Sydney is the most haunted city in the world. Not only do we have ghost hotels, ghost train station and ghost houses, we have entire ghost towns. The entertainment quarter at Moore Park is the best example. Thanks to systematic poor infrastructure decisions by local governments, we've had a ghost monorail, a ghost IMAX theatre, a ghost Darling Harbour and soon a ghost light rail which run underneath a ghost cloud arch resulting in a ghost city. So what I'm saying is politicians in New South Wales have a knack for summoning the dead and then getting us to pay for it. Here's a list of ghostly Sydney locations your taxes may not have paid for. Quarantine station at Manly. About 500 people have reported to have died at the facility from the 1830s to the 1980s, where it was used to isolate people suspected of carrying severe infectious diseases, including Canterbury Bulldogs membership. Some people claim that at least 50 spirits are wandering the station's hospital, dining halls, shower block and morgue. Today, those brave enough can stay overnight or head out on its renowned ghost tour. Let me guess, there's no money-back guarantee you'll see an actual ghost? Picton, the old town in Sydney's southwest, has been ranked among the most haunted places to visit in Australia. Among the spookiest parts of Picton are the main street on Saturday night after 11, and a close second is the Red Bank Range Tunnel, 180 metres of pitch black terror. Personally, I'd take the tunnel after 11. Macquarie Fields Train Station. Late at night, when the station is nearly empty, you can hear the moans and groans of a young girl in her teens. Hang on a second. This is a train station. I'm chalking this one up to teenage fumbling, not a poltergeist. Studley Park House. Urban legend has it, it's haunted by a 14-year-old boy who drowned while swimming in a nearby dam. Ray Blackston's body was then stored in a cellar until his burial. 
not eating the parmigiana there. Three decades later, while living in a transformed schoolhouse, 13-year-old Noel William Gregory died from appendicitis. It is believed that the spirits of both boys play together and remain in the house as a constant reminder of their tragic lives. The house has been bought and sold several times before being acquired by Camden Golf Club. So, Parmigiana is back on the menu for... Gladesville Mental Hospital. Built on top of more than 1,000 anonymous corpses. What? Who the f*** thought that was a good idea? Who's the architect, Freddy Krueger? This abandoned mental asylum is sure to send a shiver up his spine because never has an abandoned mental asylum not done that before. Thanks, Sherlock. Jeez. The Anglican Parish at Mulgoa. This church is supposedly haunted by two boys who burned to death in a horror prank gone wrong. Some visitors claim to have encountered headlights switching on and off and urban legend has it that their spirits get angry around fire. Many Catholic churches are haunted by the souls of young boys who... Due to legal reasons, this sketch has been ended prematurely. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed this edited version of Sydney Uncovered and look forward to presenting next week's edition, Great Stuff the Roman Catholic Church Has Done. Thank you for visiting Merrickville. And be a Merrickvillian. Uh, Merrickvillite. Merrickvilleman. Join us on Facebook or Twitter at Merrickville FM 104.9 Triple M.